Coming up on the Two Bros Music Podcast, uh, episode two, we get into a little bit of the recording uh, on how we did our first track, uh, uh, Self Trepanation, and talk about our equipment that we use. And then later, for uh, we introduce our new segment, Turn It Up, and we go over uh, some crust of the 80s for you. So stay tuned. back to the two bros uh music podcast i'm joe and i'm adam there we go and we're back for do you another uh, episode here uh kind of what we wanted to do today is get into uh that track that we we put out uh self-trepanation kind of get into our equipment that we use and what we use to record give you a little background on that and then uh we can get into that topic so uh, you want to start with like what kind of guitar you use, amps or whatever? Um, with that, basically, I uh, track that with a, a Schecter um, uh, Triple X uh, with uh, EMG pickups, active pickups. Um, I track through uh, Kemper uh, Profiler with a 5150 Profile. Then I uh, did several tracks. It usually do four tracks, uh, double track, left, right, and then do a different tone, double track, left, right. So I tweak up the tones a little bit. Uh, we did all the layers of vocals, uh, drums, drums, Joe, you did. Yeah. The MIDI, and then I took the MIDI and then through Superior Drummer, uh, turned that into, you know, the, the best tone for the song when you mix it. Now, the original track that you sent me with the, the guitar, just the basic guitar. Yeah. You use your projector on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Those those were – I ended up re-recording the, the guitars from what I originally sent you. So um, that's that was all redone. Okay. Yeah. And then I use a UA interface uh, for Universal Audio Apollo Quad – quad two um yeah and and that has eight tracks in eight tracks out and that's more than enough because we're not recording live drums you need that stuff when you have drums but yeah recording guitars vocals stuff like that you really don't need a whole lot of tracks then you i mean you do one at a time one at a time and just go up to the limit of your daw um and so the daw i'm using is pro tools and daw stands for a digital audio workstation yeah and they're all nowadays, I know I still, I'm using Pro Tools and people kind of frown on that. Oh, you don't have to use it. No, you don't. They're all pretty much the same nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pro Tools was the original and everybody, it was the industry standard and still kind of is. But people use Logic, people use Reaper, people use uh, uh, Cubase. They're, they're all comparable. So Ableton. Ableton, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's more... Uh, like house music and stuff. Yeah. 
like recording musicians, you can use it, but I think most recording musicians don't use that, but you can. So I've tried to use it. It's, I came free with a keyboard I bought and I just didn't understand it. Yeah. They give that out with a lot of equipment because I got it with my little Scarlet inner audio interface that I bought. Yeah. And uh, it's like, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so in the drums I'm using, I got an electronic drum set. It's the uh, Roland uh, TD-17KVX, all these numbers. But it's basically a, a five-piece uh, mesh head drum set. And uh, I like it because in my townhome, less noise than an acoustic set. Although I, I haven't played an acoustic set since I got rid of my original uh, Tama set back in the early 2000s. About, well, mid about 2005, I got rid of that one. Yeah. And, uh, and then I bought, when I moved back here, I bought a, a Yamaha. This is an older Yamaha electronic set. And I used that for practicing. And then when I, when I bought the townhouse, I bought the new uh, Roland kit. And then uh, what I'm using on my end for recording is I have an iMac, which I plan on switching out for one of those new M1 uh, Mac minis because it's just newer and it's going to be faster. And I'm running uh, Logic Pro, Pro X, whatever, just Logic. And uh, and then I bought, uh, I didn't buy Superior Drummer, but I bought Easy Drummer, which is uh, uh, like the baby brother of Superior Drummer. Yeah, it's same, Tune Tracks is the parent company. And, same, and yeah. so, yeah, and then I bought a couple of metal uh, drum uh, packs. And then Adam's got a couple of the same ones. So when I send him over my MIDI tracks, he's got the basically the same drums on his end to put them put it put it back in the way i have recorded it so yeah and that's the thing with technology nowadays you don't have to worry about it. all that work is done for you yeah you can do it and mic up your drums and and it's good to do but uh well joe you're in new mexico and i'm in california like we said the last time yeah uh, but we're not down the street from each other no more so yeah we can't we're not even yeah, in the same room <laughs> yeah it's it's not an option so, but with the technology now, it sounds great. That stuff and, sounds great. And for recording, I like the electronic drums because you don't have to have all these mics set up, you know, just boom, yeah. one straight inter, into the uh, interface into the computer. And uh, and then, you know, you get all your, and then we re, I recorded in MIDI, uh, MIDI and then sent you that, that data. So that yeah. way you can, when you're editing and shit, you can manipulate it on your end if you needed to. Yeah, like if that snare's not cutting through, I can go pull a different snare, put it yeah. in there. This is going to cut through the mix. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it gives you more options. Yeah. And why not use the technology we have it? Some codgers, some old funny duddies. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to use that. I want to <laughs> you know, keep it the way. It, well, you know what? Times change and it's, it's, it's the way of the future. Everybody's doing it. So. And speaking of old codgers, we're going to uh, introduce a new segment. Uh, called turn it up at the end of at the end of this episode uh kind of reliving our heyday whatever but uh <clears throat> yeah so basically you sent me the basic guitar tracks and then i recorded the drums well i wrote drums i you know it took like a month and a half on my end on the drums and then when i had something that i was happy with i recorded uh different takes i think i sent you about 10 altogether yeah, yeah something like that and then, and then you needed a few more even. And then so I ended up that next weekend recording a few more takes and I sent you all that. 
and then and then it was your mess to, <laughs> to handle from there. Yeah, that's the thing, though. But I mean, that happens with recording all the time. Like, yeah, you track everybody and then you got to the edit stage is next. And you say, hey, this was in a little tight here or there, you know, um, you notice a flub that you didn't notice when you tracked it originally. So yeah. that stuff all gets fixed in the edit. And then you clean up guitars, clean up squeals, dead space, uh, vocals, clean up sometimes breath. Because um, once you put those compressors on, every every little breath comes out and gets bigger than it normally would be. So there's all this stuff that right after you're done tracking, the next step is editing. Once you edit all the tracks, then you go to mixing. So. Now on the on the uh, on the tracks, when I sent it back to you, you worked on the drums. You had, but then you said you redid the guitars, right? Yeah, retract them because those retracted were... guitars, and then then what other tracks did you put after that? That's when I did everything else. We did the did the bass uh, retract? Like I said, I quad tracked the guitars. Uh, I don't remember. Is there a solo on that one? Yeah, there's a solo. I've been listening now in a while. I don't even remember. I wrote the solo. And I don't even remember that now. Uh, yeah. So then, so quad track the guitars with rhythms. Solo. There was another one or two tracks maybe there because it might have been layers for harmony or double layering apart yeah. uh, so there's that you, say you put some keys on there keyboards uh not a lot though on this one i put a little bit in there yeah. uh subtly so you almost don't notice it but if you know to listen to it and you put headphones on you can hear stuff like that and if you listen to a lot of mixes that's that's what's going on nowadays yeah. all the little stuff that just barely in there that that adds up and makes it bigger yeah, it makes it full. Makes it real full. And then, uh, like, how did you do the the boom? There's like sonic booms in there. Uh, then, then you do when you're mixing. Then you do okay. Get everything. Get your levels. Get everything leveled out. Then add all your compression and your your snare. I mean, your uh, EQing. Um, and after that, then you do like little effects. Now you gotta you gotta juice up the song. You gotta add. When you're coming to that chorus, it needs to punch. It needs to hit. So then you can add little sound effects. I remember hearing a story about Judas Priest. Uh, what song was it? I think it's Metal Gods. Uh -huh. And and they were looking for something, to, some sound effect in the background. And they went in the kitchen and got a whole thing of um, like uh, the spoons and knives and forks and just dropped them on the floor. And recorded that and that's now become like a staple in recording you always put different sound effects in there metallica recording the black album and they had a table full of stuff with with uh guns um bells tambourines whatever just extra stuff to put in there so that was just an extra uh thing that i have it's just a subwoofer a sub boom uh -huh. that in there and then along with like breaking glass and stuff like that, just to give that punch. Yeah. That, you know, it's like an accent on, on here we go. Boom. It opens up. There's the chorus. It's got to hit harder than the verse. So. And what's cool is you could do all this like in your home recording studio. Oh yeah. I remember back when we had the band, like we had that little four track that we used. And then I ended up when we were recording the demo, I ended up going out and buying the Mackie, uh, mixer small little mackie mixer so we'd have more channels 
to run into the four track that we have. Well, there's a lot of guys, even pros, that still have their old four tracks. And what you what we were doing was what everybody used to do. You, yeah. you do your four tracks on your mixer, then you mix them down to two to like one stereo track. Then you move or you move down to one track and then you add more tracks, move them down to two tracks and you just get your four tracks but you keep layering it. Um, that's just how everybody had to do it in the day. Now it's like, uh, it was that or going to a big, big multi-million dollar studio. Yeah. Um, to record our first demo, I have a friend out here that used to work at Fantasy Studios, which is no longer there. Um, but that's the studio where Santana recorded the, um, the Supernatural album on. Yeah. And my friend was giving me a tour through there. And he goes, hey, I'm going to show you something, but you can't touch anything in here. I'm like, okay. He goes, Santana's in here recording a new album, and he's got all his guitars and stuff. But he wasn't there that day, uh -huh. so he unlocked the door. We went into that studio, checked out his rig, his guitars, and I'm like, whoa, that's cool. And at the time, Santana was kind of like over. There was, you know, back in the day, back in the 60s, 70s, was the last time he did anything that was of note. Yeah. But little did we know that album was going to be huge. And uh, yeah, I got to see his rig, his setup there. And, and uh, that's that's how you had to do it back in the day. Million Dollar Studios. You know, well, that's where that's where CCR recorded their stuff there at Fantasy. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. I, off the top of my head. I mean, I probably should have did some research. So I could have dropped some other bands. But yeah, I'm sure if you look it up. Yeah. Fantasy Studios. It was a big studio. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of Bay Area people recorded there been through there yeah so yeah and then uh all right so basically you then you layered the tracks and then you went and uh you mixed it all right yeah and now for a lot of people like i don't know if it's only musicians listening to this or it'll be normal people whatever that don't play mixing this is a thing that people don't a lot of people don't get Say you get, you record drums. Let's say drums are eight tracks. They could be a lot more than that. Then you do, like I said, four guitars, plus say two, two more for the solos. So that's six. So now we're at like 14 tracks. Uh, then you do layers upon layers of vocals, keyboards. So let's say by the time it's all said and done, you've done like 40 to 50 tracks. Yeah. Now, what mixing is, is taking those, all those, say, 50 tracks down to two. Yeah, bouncing them down. Bouncing them down to left and right. Um, so what's the big problem is they're all fighting for the same space because a lot of the instruments and a lot of the, 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 the channels, the, the tracks, are using a lot of same frequencies. And it's mostly what they call the mids. And the mids are from like 500 hertz to like uh, six 6,000 hertz. Uh -huh. Roughly, they're around there. I mean, if I might be wrong. Somebody's going to be like, you're wrong. It's this. <laughs> but, you know, they're around that. That's around where your mids are, your low mids, your mid, middle mids, and your high mids. Um, and then anything under that is lows. Anything over that is your highs. So you got to get everything. And the most dynamic instrument of all of them is the drums. Because the drums covers the whole spectrum from your lows all the way to your highs with the cymbals. Yeah. So that, that's a beast, trying to get that tamed. Uh, and now the way we did it, of course, a lot of that, the heavy lifting's done for us. But uh, you still, I still mix them. 
still mix them individually, like mix the snare, mix the kick, and then bring it all together and start stacking it. So, yeah. But that's just for if you don't know, people don't know what mixing is. And uh, it's yeah. taking all of that down to two, two tracks, left and right stereo. So, so yeah, it's basically you're throwing all these tracks together to make, make the, everything sound full. And then you're bouncing everything down because you don't bounce it down to two tracks. Yeah. Then when you master it after that, and then that's when you're really bouncing it to the full. You bounce it after the mix to stereo, but then the mastering gets everything leveled, makes it really sound, you know, Tight, yeah, tight, get the volume up. Uh, so yeah, and that's what we uh we did on that one, our first one. So, okay, and then uh, how many tracks did you use for the vocals? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember, I I could pull it up, but it's probably gonna take me like 10 minutes. To, oh, yeah, no, because that was a that was a pretty big file. I, I probably off the top of my head, probably about 10. Yeah. Because a lot of times what I'll do is you can do, say, one track for your verse and your choruses. But I don't like to do that because if your verse bleed or your chorus goes over, like you're doing some yell or, or, or you're singing something out, you don't want it to cut off right there. Boom. And you got to get back to the verse or vice versa, either other way. Yeah. So I like to do, OK, here's the verse tracks. And then do chorus tracks. So that way you could do the bleed over and you can layer them. Um, and a lot of times with vocals, you do your main line and you do your backup lines. Like my standard, what I'll usually do is my main vocal line and then I'll record it two more times and then I'll pan it one hard left, one hard right so that you get more of that stereo effect and it sounds bigger. And then... From there, I'll work on maybe a harmony at uh, parts. Verses, I don't do that so much because it's you want it to you want it to thin out, and then at the choruses, it's where you want really all the layers. So that's where it gets layered. You do a harmony, you might add another harmony. Now, do you, uh, for the harmony, you just add more tracks, or do you do it like uh, in the software? No, no, you, like you got I guess you could, but it I I don't know how to do that without sounding cheese. So. Uh, I don't know any way to do that. Yeah, it's best to just get whoever's singing yeah. to layer upon themselves because, one, the person singing is going to have a perfect timing. Um, I, you know what, though? I guess you can. No, that's wrong. I, I guess I was wrong when I said I don't know how. You could uh, – They can. you can pitch shift stuff, so you can take a track. And this is done, yeah, in pop music. Yeah. You'll pitch yeah, a lot in that. Yeah, and then but what you do, it's a perfect pitch shift of that track. Yeah. So it 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 sits right in there, right? But I don't know. I like to keep it, you know, tracking myself. If I can't do it, then then don't do it. And actually that's harder though, right? Oh yeah. To layer in the tracks like that, because you got to get it the pitch just right. Yeah. When you get a, a sound in your head, okay, this is how I want to sing this line. And then like say you do that. On a, on a verse well you're gonna have the second verse well it was like right before the chorus i'd add some extra layer okay well now i need that same harmony on a different line that that's a little hard but you you know the more you do it it's it's not that bad you guys you got to go back to that first verse how what was the harmony for this track 
all right, now I got to do that again with a different line. So, and then, and, well, and then if you're doing it on different days, different state of mind. So all that kind of plays into it too. Yeah. Well, you have to do it on different, I mean, you could try to do it on, on one day, but you're not usually not going to track everything in one day, one day, especially yeah. vocals. It's not like you can go change your strings on that or your heads. Yeah. Drum heads, you snap one, you, you put another one on, get back at it. Vocals. It's like, Oh, they're shot today. I'm done. We'll come back to it when, when, you know, everything is recovered. Yeah. Sometimes you push a little too hard and you get strained. So. so yeah. And then after one other thing that made this kind of, because normally when you do like your own song, you just do it, listen to it. And then, okay. Well, what we were doing since we were both involved, you were sending me copies after you would do something. And then basically I'd listen to it. And then I say, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And then you keep going. Yeah. So, you know, that probably added to the process too. Well, that's what, I mean, that's what the process is normally for anybody really. Cause you figure if you're a band and you go to a studio and you pay some guy yeah. uh, to track you and stuff, once he gets your tracks done and he starts mixing it, uh, a standard is usually they'll give you like one or two, they'll definitely give you a second one. Sometimes they'll give you three, but usually no more than that. If, if they're really good at what they do as far as mixes they'll go hey here's the first mix uh what do you think uh give me give me your notes you know you bring this up a little bring that down a little um can we add a little effect here or there uh, and then you go and they go and take those notes they do that stuff send that back to the artist they go is this good you know so that that's the standard anyway so you were basically kind of the artist that you were going um yeah hey well that's a little low this sounds a little funny um and that you know sometimes like we were going back and forth about that like you had mentioned things and i go well we'll fix that in the mix <laughs> you know yeah that that's where you fix some of this stuff and it's kind of weird because you do stuff and it doesn't sound finished and it's like well yeah because we're not we have mix it like vocals example yeah vocals get a uh, reverb and delay and then they sound bigger but you just track them and it's all dry. There's nothing on them. It definitely doesn't sound finished. It's like, well, that kind of sounds a little, you know, yeah. uh, empty. It doesn't have to, how, how do you, it's got to get bigger. Well, yeah, that'll in the mix, you add the reverbs, the delays, the, all that stuff, your choruses and anything you want to put, any special effects and stuff. So, yeah. Well, I mean, to tell you the truth, I, I'm an old drummer, so my ears are shot. I'm like Grandpa Joe here. So whenever you would send me something, I would think, wow, that's awesome. But then you're like, well, let's do it. Tell me if you hear anything. So I was like, okay, well, I got to come up with something. <laughs> so I was okay, I think there. Then I tell you, and then you, then that's when you would say like, oh, no, well, I'm going to fix that in the mix. So don't worry about that. So yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. No, but it's good, though, because uh, we're keeping each other in check. And uh, I... If it was up to me, I'd probably never finish. Um, for the people out there that watch Metalocalypse, yeah, I'm that guy that when I track stuff in here, I'll have a whole song done and then just delete things. Just the, the vocals are all done and they go, eh, don't like them. That, that, starting over, delete them, get rid of them, start over. I've done that so many times with songs, just, and you know, you need, you need extra people there to go, no, that sounds good. Stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it keeps you in check. Well, that's one thing I was telling you too, because I've been uh, picking up guitar 
because I like I told you, I'm not I don't want to be Eddie Van Halen or anything, but I just want to be able to uh, convey my ideas, song ideas to you better, communicate yeah. them better. Yeah. And then like so I've been getting an app here or there, you know, and with all the settings, I like as a drummer, I'm like, what the hell is all these not? So, yeah, you could sit there for days just sitting there playing with the, the tone. Yeah. Not really practice anything. Yeah, you could sit there. Like, I got an example. I got a, um, a Helix, the, the Helix floor model. And, yeah, I you sit there for I, eight hours trying to route things and, and mess with the effects and check all the different ones and compare them and all the different amps. Next thing you know, you've done nothing. You've, you haven't played anything. You're just, yeah, it's... <laughs> You're just yeah. farting around. Sometimes more options are bad. Yeah. It's good. But sometimes, yeah, it just, it, it stifles the uh, creativity. You just don't get to it. Yeah. So, well, I think you gave them a pretty good perspective on, on what we were doing. Like, yeah. Needs and stuff. So I think that's a good place to kind of in that. Um I want to bring up right before we do our last segment. I want to bring up uh, we we're new on Instagram, so if you guys want to check us out, we're starting to post uh, pictures and stuff on uh, Instagram at Two Bros Music, all one word, spelled out T W O B R O S M U S I C, and that's where you find us at Two Bros Music on Instagram. So check that out, um, and then we're up in. Uh, I've up, updated uh, our podcasting. We're up on uh, Spotify, on uh, Amazon, on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, which I, I, I've heard it, but I've never listened to it. I guess that's a new music service. Yeah, I guess. And there's some other ones that I'm trying to get on, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll update as we get those uh, get the podcast up on those. So, all right, well, let's get into our last segment. Uh, we're going to call this uh, Turn It Up. This is about uh, all the crusties that are like, because uh, <laughs> we're old guys, and this is, you know, that music when you were coming up and you were a teenager or whatever, or in your 20s and going, yeah, back in my day, this yeah. is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another word that we call it warehouse music. Yeah. It, it, we're blue collar, and that's usually you have the radio in the background, and that one song will come up, like an ACDC song or something, and then the guy will go, yeah, turn that up. Turn it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's I've shit. never heard this song before. Yeah, Holy you hear it a million times. 40 freaking years, and yeah. So, yeah, so we're, we figured we'd, we'd kind of use that as the term, and then uh, we talk about a, a band that we liked from back in the day. And the first one we're going to start out with is a band from Oakland. It's uh, Y&T. And they were uh, big. Well, they got big in the 80s. They've been around since like the early 70s. Yeah, they were in the 70s. Late 80s. I yeah. mean, late 60s, early 70s. But uh, they they originally called Yesterday and Today. And then they didn't take off. When I first got into them, I was already in the 80s, early 80s. And they were already just called Y&T. They just dropped the Yesterday and Today and just with the initials. And uh, they had some big hits like, uh, well, their biggest hit actually was one that I wasn't even that fond of. Um, Summertime Girls they had a video for it. That was the bigger one, yeah. I mean, I remember Mean Street. Yeah, Mean Street. Actually, yeah, Mean Street, I had it on a KTEL album. I don't know if you guys remember those KTEL records. Yeah, you're showing your age, yeah. <laughs> well, let's turn it up. <laughs> turn it up. Yeah, so I had, I remember having that right. track. 
on, on that Kate Tell out. There was like a Deep Purple. There was a bunch of like, it was like a compilation album that they used to put out. And uh, and then I actually seen them live. This, this is my age again. Back in the day, a day on the green, 85 in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum. And uh, that was a major show. That's when, uh, that was one of the shows where Metallica, uh, they were touring on their second album, Ride the Lightning. And I think they, they didn't, they didn't uh, headline, but they were like one of the middle bands, but they just like tore it up. And then they were a local band. Uh, and then, but then Y&T was on stage, Scorpions were there, Rat. So there's a bunch of, I think Yngwie Malmsteen was there too. So uh, yeah, I'm dating myself, but those guys out there that, that were there, you, you know what, I think I still have the ticket stubs too, I'd say. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm that guy. Yeah, you are that guy. <laughs> so anyway, and then another claim to fame is uh, uh, the lead singer, guitarist, uh, Dave Manichetti. He went to my high school. So that's when, when I really, I, I kind of heard about him. And then when I heard that he had, but he was like much older than me. I didn't know him or anything. He, you know, I had gone years after. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah, he went to my school. So uh, that's kind of how I got into them. And then, uh, and then they kind of faded away. That's kind of ironic because uh, you went to high school with the same high school he went to. Yeah. And then you were talking about Metallica, Day on the Greed. I went to the same high school Cliff Burton went to. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah, and then I took lessons from the same teacher that he took lessons from. But, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. It's a funny guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so that was a good one, uh, band to start with, this uh, Turn It Up segment. But yeah, check them out. Yt, they're on all the music streaming services. Uh, and from what I when I read, doing a little research for this segment, is that they're still touring a different lineup though. Uh, the other three, because it was a four piece, and Dave was a lead singer and guitarist. Well, the other three unfortunately passed away. Yeah, they're all dead now. Yeah, so he's got another. He's got the the band still going, but he's got uh, some new guys uh, backing him up. And then, uh, and he sells wine too, which I didn't know. He's got a winery. So that's kind of his side business. But uh, yeah, so you guys want to check them out, y &T. They have a bunch of hits, uh, metal, you know, early metal. And, uh, and then it even says in Wikipedia that Lars Ulrich got into music because he heard uh, Dave singing, which I don't know if that's true. Because back yeah. with the early Metallica, I hear a bunch of different stories and they can't all be true. Yeah, I don't know about that. It was Y&T. I mean, they were listening to Diamond Head. And, yeah, they were uh, listening to more uh, European new, shit. Yeah, uh, was it the new wave of, of European metal? And when they started, they started actually down in, in L.A. Yeah. So, and Y&T was up in, well, I mean, they were everywhere, I guess, because they had albums and they were signed. Yeah. But, but they were basically in the Bay Area, Oakland. So. Well, and actually, yeah, for more like background on that, like the Metallica part is uh, Murder in the Front Row. That's a good documentary for anybody that likes watching good uh, music docs. And that's all about thrash. But yeah, Y&T was from up here. They were like that that uh, generation just right before like the next guys and the, the 80s thrash started and stuff. Yeah. They were just a little ahead of those guys and a little ahead of Metallica. Metallica was just breaking and and of course, everyone knows they're a monster band now. Yeah, and I remember back when they started hearing that first demo of Metallica, we yeah. were all like, what the hell is this shit? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it took a little while to get used to the ear. But then once we got into it, it's like everything they put out, we, you know, we pretty much love until the 90s. 
Uh, right. <laughs> well, that's another story, though. But anyway, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, do you want right. anything else? No, I think uh, for this this episode, uh, we covered a lot of material. So yeah. So go back and listen to it a couple times and tell your friends. It's gonna get better. We're learning. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little by little. <laughs> Bunch of crusty old dudes. Turn it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, catch us on the next one.